Hey, welcome back to Pop Salsa. I am your host, like always, Joel, accompanied by my good buddy, Ernesto. Hey. In the flesh, we are at LA Comic Con 2023. So we've been here for a couple hours. What do you think? Um, it's, it's feels like coming home. If, yeah. If yeah. It definitely feels like coming home. Um, the thing I didn't notice is uh, it's very more smaller scale. I think Joey brought that up. It feels like it's a little more organized. Yeah. Yeah. Like it, so it makes it more, um, like I guess you could say like if it, it fits better. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. If when we came in, it's the whole hall wasn't like a sardine. <laughs> it wasn't packed. There was like a little area for people, and then everyone went, and it was very organized and a very it's very the security is very high lit too. Yeah, that's one thing. Like Ernie caught some shit because he was trying to try to pull a sneaky move, but you know, fuck him. Uh, but we went and we got a good look at the layout before the hall opened, and just right off the bat, like the years passed, it was like a clusterfuck. You know, they had booths like all crazy. The main stage was like in the middle of the of the of the of the warehouse for some reason. But now it seems like they they're they're getting the shit together, which I feel like it's good and bad. Yeah, it's uh, the map is very organized too. I remember we're looking at the map and there's like small press. This is comic book stuff and there's toys, and it feels like it's you know where you're going, but also it. Uh, oh, wait, how would it be bad? Huh? What do you mean? How would it be bad? How what? You said bad, good and bad. Good and bad because it's encouraging more people to come. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> then yes, it's very bad because it, it, this place is it's it's. The talent is stacked. If, I don't know if you guys have seen who's up, who's here for autographs or who's here for panels. Less than panels, more like autographs. Yeah. But there's like Matt Smith's coming. I think, uh, Elijah yeah, Elijah Wood. The, the Hobbits are yeah, coming, you know, and up. then freaking Shin Hadi is coming, you know, <laughs> right? That stuff like the people from Ahsoka, and that's a fairly new show. Yeah, and that's, that was the one thing that we're getting uh, update emails about, like who's coming as, as the days were getting closer. It's like, it feels like a switch happened, you know, post COVID. I, w I wasn't here last year, but Ernesto was. So I don't, I can't uh, attest to that. But post COVID, at least in, in my opinion, is that we got to take this shit seriously now. Like San Diego Comic Con, it feels like it's faltering because all the major studios are pulling out. Mm -hmm. So now they feel like we need something. And honestly, it feels like LA should have been like the, the easy one, right? Oh, yeah. Yeah, definitely. It, the, the thing is with here, it feels more like a con than a con con. Because mm -hmm. the San Diego Comic Con, that's like the news mecca. You know, you're, you're going to get movie releases. You're going to get trailers. I think there is a Comic Con in, I don't know if it's Brazil or like I think CB something something. Sorry if I got that wrong. Somewhere yeah, something. But like they they are, they're having the Furiosa premiere there, right? Yeah, yeah. The the, the trailer, the not film. not the film, yeah, not the film. The the trailer. I think we I think the Fallout trailer came out oh, there. The yeah, we were gonna we we're gonna talk about that, <laughs> uh, but uh, here it's more like meet your meet your friends, Gross. your heroes and stuff like that. Like Matt Smith, your your friends, you know, just chill and just be at a con. Less you know, less baggage like a con con. Like Santa. yeah, and I gotta be honest with you, like I was not looking forward to this like because just my my anxiety and like yeah. i've been working from home i i literally have not gone outside uh, <laughs> yeah in in a long time but like honestly now i feel like i'm home yeah yeah definitely it's i'm i'm well i've been out i i commute to work but here it's yeah it feels like day one of going to a comic-con just seeing all the stuff seeing all the people i think there's a lot of more anime presence than usual here but uh yeah, welcome home. Yeah, all right. Well, we'll come back to you with another update later on. So thank you very much. So we just came out of uh, the Oppenheimer Prop Masters panel, and it was very eye-opening. I gotta say. Yeah, eye-opening is like the least term you could say. <laughs> it was fun. it was great. It was something. Uh, it made me feel like appreciate the movie more. Yeah, one hundred percent. What you like considering like they just had spent five. It was they used. 
Oh yeah, they had used five thousand fucking bulbs, yeah. and that they, they each one cost seven dollars. Yeah, yeah. The one that got me was how much they wanted to be so historically accurate that they actually look for a crane to look like the one from shots from like stills from the actual Los Alamos. Yeah, and that, that was one thing that they that they um, in, intimated. Not intimated is the right word, but like they were talking about how the research in, into going this was so quick, like pre-production. And you and I are both pretty familiar with the pre-production process. And it's like, you would imagine with a three hour Nolan film, especially you'd want to pre-pro for like a year, right? Yeah. Yeah. Well, what got me was how fast, well, maybe probably people already know, but I didn't know that Nolan is fast when it comes to production, that they don't have enough time to prep. So there could be moments where they do all day, record everything. It's like, what else can we do? Like, but we didn't plan for this. You know, <laughs> they can't get anything ready. So they're, they're, their uh, anxiety's up when they're just running around like what to do, what to do. Yeah, one of the panelists was talking about how um, you can't really pre-pro for the entire movie. Yeah, kind of has to pre-pro as you go. Uh, yeah. Just in case, like, if, if there is a thing where it's like, oh, what, what, what do we, can we do something with this here? Can we do something? Because they were talking about how Nolan... Notorious. I didn't know this either. That he shoots fast and under budget. Yeah, like yeah, all the it, time. Well, it, it makes sense now because he feels like his his name alone will put butts in seats. But also, you put another incentive where, oh yeah, it's gonna be under budget and on time, like a producer's wet dream, pretty much. Yeah, and especially you look at his movies. There's, do you would you in any like aspect of life would imagine that his movies are under budget? Yeah, no. Yeah, <laughs> he, I think he does a lot with less. So. Yeah, that's and that's one thing that they were saying. Like him and his in his use of practical effects is what makes the the his storytelling like ex extremely unique, right? Like because they were talking about how they the bomb, right, the Trinity bomb. They had three different sets of explosions, right? One was gas, one was a cordite, and then one was TNT. TNT for the boom. I don't know exactly what the cordite was for, but I imagine the gas is for the big fireball. Yeah. How much? gasoline especially considering that gas is like five bucks a gallon right now how much gasoline <laughs> did they have to use yeah i mean how do you even test that yeah you know what i mean true. like when it comes to nolan i feel like it would take multiple takes but also how much like here's a mini version of that so we don't waste so much money <laughs> yeah like i remember when they were uh, marketing the the film they were talking about like yeah we recreated the, bomb, the explosion yeah 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 i was like <laughs> did you buy a nuke or like how did that work <laughs> yeah yeah and we're like what in like godly manner of, of way are you going to make this you know a 20 ton or was it like a 5 megaton bomb like how much t like your movies are going to it's going to cost like a like <laughs> as much as the Manhattan Project yeah yeah I, I they actually brought a physical prop from uh, I think from a one of the vendors or not the vendors so yeah one of the vendors that loans out the props Pam uh, she brought in a uh, I think in what 40s 60s camera yeah it was an old like 20s 30s that era type yeah. of camera yeah yeah it's like the one where you had to like reload it like a gun <laughs> you know what i mean and, it, it looked, and he, he he tried it out and he flashed it and it, was, it looks really cool yeah it was like we've had an experience with with old school props and stuff like that just because like our our college had a little bit of that and obviously they were in shitty condition and stuff like that but like the the the, <laughs> the camera that they were displaying on the panel was like Ernest said, one of those old school, you know, you got to reload it, wait, you got to wait 10 minutes, you know, that type of shit. It's like a shit. rifle. <laughs> exactly. It's like a rifle where you like, you reload the bulb and then you're like, all right, reload. And you reload the freaking, the, the, the photo, I think, what's it? The, uh, yeah. the photo paper. Yeah. The yeah. Photo, yeah. 
Uh, it's not photo paper, but you reload yeah, the, the thing that whatever the fa- the, ca- the the photo <laughs> gets etched on. <laughs> yeah, 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 so it's a dude. Uh, it was it was cool. Like they're so boss because you know when you talk to someone who's in the industry and they're like, hey, how did you do it? And they usually have a vague answer. You're like, I don't know. <laughs> like, uh, oh, I just winged it. You know, stuff like <laughs> so. And you know how humble those people are. Where they're these multi-million dollar productions in charge of thousands, if not hundreds of thousands of people, and they're just like. Like, yeah, it's just another day at the office. Yeah, they're so, like, humble to knowing that they're lucky in that to have that position. Like, the guy that he was talking about, he he started off as a um, camera assistant yeah. and then made his way to be prop in the props department and then ultimately be the prop master for a bunch of films he was talking about. Yeah. And that's something where he was coming off. He didn't come off as arrogant or anything. He was, like, very humble, very down-to-earth, which was very um, eye-opening. Like, we both have... Uh, experiences where we've met film people who are fucking snobs. Yeah, 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 absolutely. When I went to uni, it was just like no one wanted to be the nitty gritty. Everyone wanted to be the creative, which is fair. I mean, you're there to be the creative stuff, but a lot of this, a lot of uh, the from from the panel, the prop masters and stuff. There's, it's hard to please the above the line people because it doesn't feel like they know what how their life is. They're, they're saying how uh, they had to make what 27 uh, plastic wraps right just to mm. prepare them and they only used one yeah yeah so it's something like uh, you don't really don't they're always in a, a sense of dark and they don't know what what comes next but the best they could do is just plan ahead yeah that was one thing that that was also caught my attention was that they they had planned 27 you know props just in case you know they need it and he was talking about how nolan is a two to three takes guy yeah i would have imagined he's like there non-stop like again 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 yeah. again you know like a kubrick yeah and then like now it kind of really like shines a light on why they're so willing to let him work with film because he he's not shooting you know 40 miles of film yeah yeah he's he's on time on what's under budget and on time yeah well that was the our little review for the the oppenheimer uh, panel. We're gonna go down and check out their booth and maybe get an op- uh, an interview opportunity yeah, with one of the people. Yeah, look out for that. So thank you very much. So we are here post Comic Con uh, 2023 in Los Angeles. Uh, Ernie and I, I feel like we brought a level of. We came with a game plan. Yeah, yeah. Usually we, do. yeah. Usually we don't. Usually, no. I'm joking, but usually it was very. It felt like this Comic Con in particular. A lot of them we enjoyed, but this one felt super stacked. Right? There's a lot of creative energy in it. And there's a lot of opportunities to speak to other people, and we tried to take advantage of it. Yeah, and that was one thing that um, uh, the representatives we were in contact with were fantastic with us, working with us, helping us secure some interviews. We got to talk to the CEO of the the organization that hosts. Uh, the Comic Con, um, that was fantastic. We we went to go check out um, a prop masters. Uh, they worked on various films. They had a panel. They were talking about the props. Uh, what went into for Oppenheimer? Yeah, that was fantastic. Yeah, that was that was really fun because it's uh, we talked about it. <laughs> I'm trying not to talk about it again. Yeah. But yeah, that that was really great. Yeah, it was that was amazing. We the the layout of of this year's show. Uh, the, of this year's con is just so so much more in, inducive or or fan friendly, right? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Uh, with the CEO and with the CEO of the organization, yeah, he made it more that it was going to be more of an open, more of a fan friendly, like you said, a lot of where people can shop comics and look at you know on the main stage. Because I remember when the main stage was not even in the center; it was like to the <laughs> left of the hall, and I was like, "Yo, like, what's uh, what's going on here?" <laughs> yeah, that was one thing that that. Um, 
we'll hear in the interview because we're going to attach this, but it's, it's just like the way this this con has has transformed you know because like we've been coming to to lacc back when it was still uh, kamikaze stanley presents yeah stanley's kamikaze or whatever yeah, it, was, it was, was something like that right well it was a kamikaze just proper kamikaze and you knew that was stanley's thing mm-hmm. and then you know when he unfortunately passed it became stanley's los angeles comic-con mm-hmm. and i think may i think it's because you know he's a big name and you don't want to have to splat his name and then you have to pay some his estate something so it just became los angeles comic-con mm-hmm. Yeah, that's that's true, and and just seeing how much it's it's improved, how the environment. I feel like it's a lot more friendly, even though there's a lot of people. And for me, like because of my anxieties and stuff like that, I'm like, I'm stressing over it. But I feel like as a fan, this is the con to come to. Yeah, yeah, I love going to celebration because celebration was just you know you're there to be Star Wars, Star Wars celebration. Here, it felt different right it felt like it was a celebration of just comics just pop culture in general you're here for tv shows there's a section for that you're here for movies there's a section for that we just came from where we interviewed the prop masters we came from like a gaming session and there's like these rows of computers and you know video games and stuff and there's a you know there's a place for that and there's a place for everybody at the convention yeah that was that was one thing that we noticed as we were walking around is that it used to just be like the main hall right and now they've expanded it to like the concourse there's the west hall there's like dedicated autograph halls. Yeah, yeah, I remember that when I went solo one time that they had a dedicated autograph and picture photo aisles or like halls. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so is there anything that, that for you stood out from this content from, from like years past or even the ones you've been to in before? I, I want to say that how open it is. Uh, I When I used to go before, it felt very claustrophobic-y. Like, a lot of the booths were very close to each other. It felt like, last last year, it felt like a San Diego Comic-Con. And I'm not trying to throw shade at San Diego Comic-Con, but I'd rather not be in a sardine pack for three hours, right? And this is not, not falling in line. You're just trying to wander, trying to look at stuff. You stop, you go, you stop, you go. But here, there is, a, there is an ounce of that, but it felt more like to breathe. I remember we're walking the hall in the, the exhibition hall, the main hall, and I'd go to Joe like, it's not that hot. Like, it's hot because of the body heat, but it's not like, you know, B.O., where you can, you know, where you can you can feel people's lunch in your face, you know, stuff like that. It, it felt very breezy. Yeah, it was the, 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 this is something that we had talked to with um, Chris, the, his name was, is that they were planning on, on like expanding and making it a lot more fan friendly, making it more of a family experience and stuff like that. And like in years past, uh, especially like in 2017, I think I want to say, or 18, and when, when it went from like 20,000 to like 70,000 people, yeah, yeah, <laughs> like yeah. you felt that. But here, I think they're estimating was like, like 160 or 170 or something something around those like in attendance yeah and it didn't really feel like that yeah yeah not at all when he said those numbers i was like oh what the heck <laughs> that feels like that would be you know shoulder to shoulder but there was there's room to breathe and room to look and everything felt inviting right yeah that's true all right big question mm. how were the hot dogs they were very nostalgic, and you and they were they were fantastic. You bought me like two. I bought like two more. No, I bought well, you bought one. Yeah, I bought two, and I ate like three at a time. <laughs> yeah, it's uh, you can't you know you can't go to LA Comic Con without having a hot dog, LA street, LA yeah. street dog, exactly. Yeah, that's like the the culture here where it's like we don't really know whether or not 
the food is like on the up and up, but fuck it, you know? Yeah, yeah. It's like that scene in Demolition Man where he's in the sewers and he's eating a burger, and then uh, Sandra Bullock's character is like, Do you see any cows here? Like, there's no cows. And like, it's a rat burger. And it's like, Oh, it's a good burger. You know, I'm not saying that it's a, it's a hot dog rat burger, but you know, it's it's just the environment. Now you're there, you can't really be picky <laughs> about it, you know, and you just have enjoy it and, you know, enjoy the con. Well, that's going to be it for this week. Uh, your LA Comic Con 2023 review and discussion interviews episode from Pop Salsa. Thank you very much for listening. I've been your host, like always, Joel, accompanied by my good buddy Ernesto. Hey. We'll catch you next time on Pop Salsa. Pop Salsa.